Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Autism and Additional Educational Needs podcast. I'm Michelle Davey and this is my co-host. I am Christelle. Hello Christelle. Are you excited for this week as always? I am super duper excited. So excited Michelle. Michelle, what are we talking about today? Dyspraxia this week. We are talking about dyspraxia. Do you know much about dyspraxia? I know a little bit about it. Just a tiny bit. So I know a little bit about it, but it'll be good to know some more. Yeah. Yeah, I taught a little boy with dyspraxia when I was When you were a teacher. Because yeah. you know I was a teacher. <laughs> and, um, <yeah. laughs> so when I was teaching, I taught a little boy with dyspraxia. But to be honest, I didn't really know much about it then. I was only 21. Mm. I was naive. So I'm really interested. I've got a friend as well whose little girl is also on diagnosis for dyspraxia. Uh, and I know we've been having some conversations. So, yeah, I'm really, really intrigued. We've got Send Warrior Lucy. Mama. And last week with mitochondrial disease. Wow, what what a great, great response we got for our podcast last week. And mm, yeah. to Rich's story. And, yeah, really, really pleased that some awareness was out there, especially for the Lily Foundation. But, Christelle, what have you been up to this week? Uh, apart from fighting off all the germs that children have been bringing back from school. <laughs> oh, really? Have they come back full of snot? Mine have come back full uh, of snot. Full of snot, full of lurgies, you know. As long and... as it's not the Rona, though, Chris, eh? Oh, can't be Corona. Corona. <laughs> My um, Corona. As, yeah, as long as it's not Corona, but obviously I think everybody's feeling a little bit rough. First week back, yeah. So I've been uh, having a lot of ginger and inhalation. <laughs> oh, Chris, you love your little potion. How about you, Christelle. No, first of all, tell everyone right what potion you concocted through oh, the through the main through the main peak of coronavirus. Christelle had this concoction of stuff. What was you making every night? We're having lemon with ginger, garlic, and honey. <laughs> Very good for you fighting off the vampire like you, you sound so excited you're like what so delicious yeah funny mm, enough you know yum. i like i like weird um tastes tastes so i actually like i actually like the drink i think the way i make it the kids liked it as well what the kids but, just yeah. and voluntarily drunk at do you know what i give it to them like i give it to them like medicines so i put in a little, like, little syringe and everything like you know ooh, this is medicine so that's how we did it and it, it seems to help us anyway so you know some people will be like yeah, well, yeah. what you do i don't my kids wouldn't have that then like see the boss baby my youngest he's free yeah. and it's a struggle to give him cowpole like i'm not being joking um, i used to i used to fake illness so i could get rid of cowpole <laughs> when i was a kid like what kid don't like cowpole got the strawberry flavor <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking an extra shot every time I give the kids some cowpaw and girls are like shot for, you, shot for me there we go <laughs> I've got issues Chris <laughs> my lot seems to have settled back in really well hmm. uh, we had a bit of an outburst shall we say at the weekend I think my middle son he's done so well going back and he was prepared he was ready he was ready to embrace going back to school but the weekend we did have a bit of setback I suppose we had a few sort of meltdowns a couple were violent which we haven't had for a long long time so yeah mm. do you think it was just the whole kind of stress of going back I think so and he didn't show any of that throughout the week so when I <laughs> when I was a t-shirt right parents used to come in and say to me oh you know, my child is, re- you know, really out of control indoors. But at school, they were angels. They were really good and really well behaved. So I don't know if that's what my son's doing now. Like, he's going to sort of... Mm. It's a thing, isn't it? It's a melting pot. 
and somebody on Twitter actually said to me, because I did put this on my Twitter, and they sort of said, like, you know, it's the drip effect. So, you know, every day they get a bit more tired. There's a few, there's loads of stuff going on, sort of an overload. And then, bam, got to Friday. And it was just like, you know, that, that pot, mm. that pot bubbled over. And the eruption. So, yeah, it was all right. And hopefully, <laughs> I'm going to keep things structured this weekend, I think. Just do some structured stuff, you know, I've set in place and stuff to do rather than just be like, oh, it's the weekend, guys, free for all, do what you want. Do you know what I mean? Free for all, yes. Remove the structure <laughs> and the whole thing breaks down. <laughs> yeah, well, I get it's whatever works for you, you and your family, really, isn't it? Indeed, it is, Christelle. Right, let's get Send Warrior Lucy on and learn all about dyspraxia. And welcoming on to Let's Talk Autism and Additional Needs podcast this week, we have got Send Warrior Lucy. Hi, Lucy. Hi. Hi, Lucy. Now, Lucy, you are on to speak to us about dyspraxia this week. Me and Christelle are super, super excited. And first off, though, just tell us a little bit about your family and your family set up. Uh, You've got two children, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yeah, two two girls, one who's 10 called Sophie um, and a little girl called Roxy, who is six. Sophie is my daughter with dyspraxia, as well as autism and ADHD and a few other things just for added fun. And Roxy is on the diagnostic pathway, we think ASD, with PDA traits. So yes, I've got got a nice little mixture there with my two. You you could basically do the whole, we could have you on every week when we're doing (laughs) the additional needs, Lucy. Yes, um, we've got a full bunch, definitely. (laughs) So so it's me, the two girls, our dog and three rats. So tell us a little bit about Sophie's diagnosis with what what come first the autism or was it like a whole package because we had this a couple of weeks ago didn't we Christelle mm. and someone was kind of like letting us know which which ones come first so it was just so interesting yeah. to hear yeah so with Sophie I'd already always sort of with her being my first child I was unaware that she was sort of different from other children as such because you know you just experience motherhood and ch- children as as they come um and as she started to go into nursery, I noticed that coordination wise, she would sort of trip over quite a bit. Her sort of catching skills weren't where they should be developmentally. And also she would knock into things. So that was about uh, around age two. Yeah. So I went, you spoke to the nursery practitioners, I suppose, and they weren't overly concerned, you know, it's something to keep an eye on, but she had other developments were fine. So we sort of trundled on then she moved up through into school primary school and again had her coordination and development was still slightly off how she held a pencil her sort of cutlery she never used cutlery she was was not a fan but she's a big sensory seeker so she likes her hands and her food at all times so I wasn't overly concerned about it but she did I had quite a difficult birth with Sophie and she we had something called shoulder dystocia Uh, So when we, so her shoulder got stuck basically. So with that, when I went to the doctors to speak to them about Sophie's coordination, they said it may be a result of her being slightly wonky (laughs) for for want of a better term. Um, Where one of her shoulders sits slightly lower than the other, it might just throw her off a little bit. Or they would say she's having a growth spurt. You know, you, you take these things as a parent and you, you say, okay, that's fine. That's what you've told me. And off you go. And then 
we moved up to middle school age seven and all her difficulties became a lot more apparent as can happen with girls a little bit later on and we actually had the diagnosis of dyspraxia um, or the developmental co coordination disorder as sometimes it's written in with her autism ADHD sensory processing anxiety disorder altogether so what they did when they diagnosed it, we then went to an occupational therapist and had some follow-up tests to see how it affected her specifically. And they did lots of tests to do with writing. Could she do shapes? What could she balance? You know, how was her balance? Lots of different things to do with her sort of spatial awareness. And then we were referred to physio for her. Wow. wow. So <laughs> how does that feel when they sort of handed you this long list of additional needs? Did you mm. kind of, had you kind of sort of thought, Yep, I definitely think she's autistic. Definitely think she's ADHD. Had you got in your mind a kind of knowledge? As you probably know, it's a very long process to get diagnosed. So we did have some sort of hints along the way. The dyspraxia one did sort of creep up, up on us a little bit, as I've always just been told, you know, she's a little bit clumsy. She's very tall. Her dad's six foot two. She's all arms and legs, takes after him. Children aren't the most, most coordinated <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So that one did kind of sneak up on us. and We didn't realise even during the dyspraxia diagnosis, we didn't realise until she'd gone to the physio that she doesn't actually use her index finger. So it really affects her fine motor skills. So yeah, we've been doing lots of different developments with that, but it was, yeah, it was a shock. I'm not going to lie. You said that, is it Sophie? And you said she's seven, seven? She was seven at the time? She was seven at the time, yeah. Yeah, so obviously that's a good age where, you know, children kind of understand a lot of what's going on. What kind of conversation did you have with her to explain, you know, oh, this is what they've said, the doctors have said that you've got autism, dyspraxia. Did you have that conversation with her? Yeah, I did. She'd always, I mean, she's always spoken at quite an adult level. Her speech and language is actually sort of quite exceptional in comparison to sort of other children her age she uses quite complex language emotional regulation not so good but verbally fantastic so the way I described it to her is that she looks like everyone else but her brain works differently just like petrol and diesel cars so we'd been putting petrol into her all this time not realizing she was a diesel vehicle and she's still going to get to the same destination as everybody else but we just have to put in the diesel instead and okay, that's that's, sort of, I love that. I love yeah, that explanation. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Well, I love a metaphor. Yeah, well, it just means that she could understand. She, oh, because she knows, oh, granddad's car's diesel, mum's car's petrol, this is what we do. And they both work the same. You know, they don't look any different from the outside. And no wonder I wasn't, you know, I was struggling because they were putting petrol in me and I didn't need petrol. Yeah, mm. that's brilliant. And, and with regards to school, does Sophie go to mainstream? Um, so she has been out of mainstream now uh, for 13 months and we are on our third panel attempt for specialist provision. Wow. Yeah. What's going on there then? Well, we had to do um, an emergency annual EHCP review to update her needs. Unfortunately, where we live, most of the specialist provisions are boys schools. And obviously oh. I have a girl. <laughs> so mm. it's uh, quite difficult to find a place that's suitable for her and because she doesn't have um, the learning difficulties she has the you know the physical ones the social communication emotional we're looking for a different type of school so even though there are some good schools around unfortunately they don't meet her needs so wow. we're looking for one out of county at the moment but we're just now that we've done the annual review the next panel is the 24th of September so fingers, fingers crossed. crossed yeah yeah 
Wow. Yeah. So what have you been doing indoors? Like, do you sort of have, what help do you get? Because obviously this must be so challenging for you, Lucy. So what sort of, even yeah. just the lockdown was six months with my children and, you know, I was ready to go insane. So how has that been for 13 months? Um, I've eaten a lot of chocolate. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> no, we haven't actually had any support, unfortunately. We, I asked the school to refer to ESMA. Um, who come in and help children who are medically unfit for school, which she was signed off as. But unfortunately, their aim is to get children to return to mainstream, which obviously she's not going to do. She's going into a specialist provision. So they were unable to help with any kind of home tutoring. She was already on a reduced timetable before we obviously reached this position we're in now. And no, we haven't, even during lockdown, no, no work sent home, no support, unfortunately. So I've been doing my own curriculum online learning lots of uh, useful tools from twinkle and things like that and just giving it my best shot because I just don't you know I don't want her to fall behind when she does get a place yeah. and I want she's so eager to learn she's a very methodical she likes facts she likes figures she wants to learn she's eager for knowledge so you know I need to feed that so yeah that's that's all me <laughs> oh wow so, well. so with regards to the dyspraxia Yes. How is that treated as such? Like what sort of so, strategies are put in place there? Yeah, so they referred us to physio originally. Um, and we've come away, we had, I think we had 10 physio sessions in total. And then they do an assessment to see if those, those bits are working for her, which they seem to. And we have physio to do at home with her. And then we have regular sort of checkups every sort of six to 12 months. And they make suggestions such as adaptive cutlery, which she absolutely loves and gets on really well with um so just, what does the cutlery look like how is it sort of different it's got like a finger placements so she knows where to put her fingers um and it's slightly chunkier so she can grasp it better because she's 10 now her she actually works on the adult size and the physio said it was a really good idea to practice on play-doh first because play-doh is quite hard so we made it yeah. into like a little game where we were cutting up with the play-doh first before we were sort of putting on the pr added pressure of food uh, we made it fun first but it's all about sort of building up her her finger strength and her coordination lots of practice lots of ball games you know she loves climbing so that helps we do lots of climbing different bits and pieces she's quite an outdoorsy child she has ADHD yeah. so she needs to run off a lot of energy a lot of the time anyway but yeah with the dyspraxia we we do lots of fine motor skill games we button threading and tying shoelaces lots and lots of different fine motor skill games I found a great old board game called Wiggly Worms we have to use your oh, pincer yes. grip to pick the worms out and she absolutely loves that that's like a really good we do like a fast paced one and it's one I that's remember really that game engaged. Yeah, she loves it. Wiggly worms. It. You just can't catch us. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember the theme tune, but I don't remember the game. Yeah, I remember <laughs> it. Yeah. So how does the dyspraxia look as she gets older? Because can she kind of... They, uh, well, they do say that, um, you know, like autism, out. yeah, like autism, that girls can mask it. And it's harder to diagnose in, in girls. So, yes, yeah. So how, how, more common in boys. I mean, as she gets older, obviously her dyspraxia won't completely disappear but there is things she can do to help it develop develop those pathways in her brain to remind her how to do things in, in a set way so it's like sequencing her brain to remind her I need to do this loop this turn or I need to cut my knife and hold it like this she she can build those pathways slowly it just takes her body and her brain a little bit longer 
So for example, swimming, okay. something she absolutely loves, her brain trying to tell her to move her arms and her legs and stay afloat at the same time is, is a lot more challenging for her, but she gives it a go and we go and she enjoys it. And that is, you know, she stays afloat. We are fine and, and yeah. we have fun and she'll get there. It's not, you know, it's not something she'll never be able to do. It's just mm. something that's obviously going to be a bit more tricky for her. Same with riding a bike um, as well. Because I, I read somewhere that they, the way they described dyspraxia was that the person is kind of out of sync with... Yes. You, would you say that's correct then? Yeah, so, you know, everyone has that every now and again where you move a bottle to your mouth and then you pour it before you get to your mouth. Like, everyone's done it at least once, yeah, yeah. but you've just missed your mouth. That is basically because yeah. your brain hasn't quite told you where it is in space. That basically I mean, Misha, Misha hasn't got dyspraxia, but she does that all the time. Do you know what? There's so, like, there is so many <laughs> signs of dyspraxia that I've always displayed throughout my whole life. I'm not even joking. <laughs> but that is, that's the only way I can sort of describe it because that's something yeah. everyone's sort of felt or had. Is mm. and your brain, you don't even know why you've done it. Your brain's just told you to do it because it's told you it's there and it's not. And so the spatial awareness for her is is a big deal. And it, yeah, that's how it affects her. I mean, she likes to wear big, heavy boots because it makes her feel like she knows where she is in in the space. Right. Uh, and she'll, you'll often find her. She'll touch a wall or lean on a wall because then she'll know. It sort of grounds her as such to sort of know exactly where she is. Mm. She gets the sort of actual feedback from it rather than visual she's yeah. got the actual mm. feedback from her hand telling her as well so it's like an additional signal oh, it's so interesting yeah. it really is how does um the dyspraxia affect her relationship with her sister or does it at all or it doesn't i don't i don't think it does really i mean mm. her sister's very very coordinated to the point of i think she got sophie's extra <laughs> so <laughs> i think she anything that sophie can't do she sort of helps encourages yeah i mean we don't i don't think it does i don't think it affects her relationship with roxy at all really I think they play the same. She, she's just adapted her way. So she holds a pencil differently. We, when she was at school and at home learning, she types instead of writes because she finds it too difficult to organise her thoughts and write and hold the pencil and do it all in one go. So we found that touch typing has been a lot more sort of beneficial for her. But no, to do with like play and relationships, all right, she might be forgetful. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that comes along with lots of other, other things as well. Yeah, both your children have got special education needs, additional needs. Yeah. How do they get on with each other in regards to all of that? Do they get on well, or does that is that like an almighty clash, or is it easier with girls? Well, well? they are they are complete opposites, absolute polar opposites. I've got a sensory seeker and a sensory avoider. I would say sort of Sophie presents a lot more overtly. She's very she's a lot more obvious almost sort of where the way they sort of diagnose boys she's got the, the ticks whereas Roxy's a lot more reserved with hers it sort of she holds it back she masks quite a lot whereas Sophie doesn't have the social understanding to mask she will just tell you as it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lucy sorry um, do you have any advice for any parents who maybe have just had this new diagnosis of dyspraxia on their children yes games Play lots of games. Go onto Pinterest, Google, find find sensory skills, gross sensory skills, and go and have fun. Enjoy. Build lots of things out of Play-Doh and plasticine. And I would recommend the cutlery if that's an issue. Uh, we found that 
fantastic and really just communicate to school how important you know how it can affect schools and how it can affect your child at school with how they order their work they may need more visual cues because of lining things up writing things down just sort of ordering their work and just just in, you know enjoy the fun side of bringing on that development that's brilliant thanks so much lucy and where can we find you because you're blogging basically about all this aren't you over on instagram where can we find you on instagram that's it i'm send warrior lucy at instagram so definitely go and follow lucy and see what she's up to with her two amazing children over there thanks so much lucy thank you lucy thanks ladies that was send warrior lucy talking about dyspraxia wow christelle that was really really interesting yes it was michelle um learned a lot what about you really did learn a lot and i think lucy just explained it all so well and so interesting as well compared with send warrior mama Mm. similar names on instagram similar stories i was just gonna say i really do feel for parents when they say that they're not getting any help i think even when there's times where there's transition in education or whatever's going on in their lives I believe they still should be receiving some form of help at home. So maybe there's some services out there that we just don't know about. And if anyone does know about it, we'd urge you, please, at least contact Send Warrior Lucy, just so she can get some help. I'm sure she's doing a great job. It is. It's really... It really upsets me when I hear about people not getting the right amount of help. But I do feel like it's a constant battle. Like every single time with your kids, ain't it? Everything's got to be battled. And even if the mm. school are behind you, it's still a battle because there's going to be somebody out there that's like, no, actually, um, I don't think your child's entitled to. And you're like, who are you? It's just really sad that, um, you know, it all comes down to money, really. That's the truth of it. You know, you need funding for this, you need funding for that. Um, just to teach a, a child who maybe learns a different way from you know children in mainstream I think more needs to be done to be honest definitely yeah, yeah and, and you're right it is it all comes down to money that's what it's all about it's all about the money all about the dum, 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 dum. I, sat, I sat here waiting for you to do some sort of song I thought you was going to go for money 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 I was thinking which song should I drop the song you used to sing at school some song oh, I'm going to think about it and I'll, I'll send you a voice note later right let's carry on so another week gone, Chris. Yep. Next week we're going over to the US of A. Oh my god, are you taking me on holiday? No, nah, sorry, lockdown. We've all got to stay here. But oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. we have got Faith Spoonmore coming on. Um, she is a YouTuber from America and she has got an autistic son and she's going to be mm. speaking to us about mental health she does a lot on her instagram and on her youtube about yeah. you know positivity self-care and sort of looking after your mental health so she's going to be speaking to us about mm. that so that could be interesting well it's going yes, to be this is what we this is what we yeah this is what we need michelle what all that positivity positive. well-being wellness yes we love um good vibes over here yeah <laughs> sending the good vibes for this week christelle that's it it's another week over and uh yeah catch you all next week you can follow us on let's talk autism podcast you can follow me at the cockney blog girl and you can follow christelle at at guardians of the precious thank you very much christelle for another interesting and 
fantastic week. <laughs> no, thank you, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a wrap. Let's go. Chiddle pip. Bye. Trying to think of that song still. <laughs>